Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on part one of this sermon entitled, God's Salvation for Israel, preached on July the 24th, 2011. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 11, verse 25. Four things. First is, God is the master of history. Master of history. Second, God wants to expand your mind. Third, God has revealed a mystery in the text we are considering. Mystery revealed. Fourth, God shows mercy to the rebels. So this text is concluding the question of God's plan for the salvation of Israel. He's been dealing that from chapter 9 and finally he is concluding it. So in Romans 9, 10 and 11 St. Paul deals with the issue of his countrymen, the Jews. Why the vast majority of them rejected their Messiah, Jesus Christ? Why only a remnant of them believe in Jesus Christ? Because of this issue, he says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Do you have any anguish when you know your kids are not saved they are going to hell elsewhere he says brothers my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they be saved then in chapter 11 he asked did God reject his people by no means Then he discloses God's future plan for Israel. A plan which was revealed to him by God. That in the future, God will pour out his spirit upon national Israel. And they will be regenerated. They will as a nation repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ their Messiah, and be saved. Not just a remnant, but the nation as a whole. He spoke about the probability of it in Romans 11, 11 through 24. He asked if their transgression means Riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles. How much greater riches their topleroma, that is, their fullness, bring? Again, for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Or, 
He says, if God grafted into a cultivated olive tree branches from a wild olive tree, the Gentiles, how much more readily will these natural branches, the Jews, be grafted into their own olive tree? And God is mighty to graft them in again on the basis of faith. First then, God is the master, Lord of history. So now in Romans eleven twenty-five through 32, St. Paul is not speaking about the probability, but the absolute certainty of God's future plan for the conversion of the national Israel. In this passage, Paul rehearses the drama of salvation history. Dr. Boyce said, there is only one real philosophy of history. And it is the one found in the Bible. The Bible writers understood this. The prophets and the apostles understood it. Stephen speaks about it in Acts 7. St. Paul speaks of this in Acts 13. Read Isaiah. Read Daniel. You will notice our God governs all actions of all his creatures for his purpose of election. The world history is the background of the history of redemption. Both histories are under his complete control. World history and the history of the church. There was a time, St. Paul tells us in this text, when God let the nations go in their own ways of ignorance and disobedience. Then God chose Abraham and through him the nation Israel. God was faithful to his covenant of grace with him. But the nation Israel became disobedient, rebellious, unfaithful. So we read Jeshurun grew fat and kicked God. Israel rejected The true and living God for idolatry. Israel rejected salvation by grace in favor of a salvation scheme of their own. Salvation by their own perceived good works. They failed to understand what Isaiah said. That all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. They refuse to humble themselves and pray like the public and holy God show mercy to me the sinner. So the nation Israel crucified their Messiah with the help of the Gentiles. 
But man's sin can only promote God's eternal plan of salvation. The Jewish national disobedience meant the gospel now goes to the Gentiles. The Gentiles welcomed the gospel of their salvation. They responded to it by saving faith. But there is a plan God has. Which is to make the Jews jealous in a good sense that they may also welcome the gospel and their Messiah at a time in the future. That the nation Israel may be saved. Thus all elect of the Jews and Gentiles be redeemed. Friends, God is not mourning because of creatures' rebellion. He knows how to handle you. God is not frustrated because of the fall of angels or the fall of Adam. God is not the author of sin, but sin and all sinners are under his sovereign control. As he guides history. Man's rebellion cannot stop God's saving program. Friends, in the end, God's will alone be done. As stated in chapter 11 and verse 32. For God has bound all men over to disobedience. So that he may have mercy on them all. Second, our minds, your mind, needs what's a expansion. Not by reading New York Times, but by reading the Bible. Mind needs expansion by the word of God. Paul says in verse 25, I do not want you to be ignorant. Oh, some Christians revel. In the fact that they are ignorant, stupid. Sunday morning, the gospel is preached, but they have no idea what is preached. They like it. It is when you understand the word and believe the word, you stand firm and strong through thick and thin. He says at least six times, he speaks of this warning Six times in his epistles, I don't want you to be ignorant. That's a litotus, which means I want to be thoroughly understanding the word of God. We are living at a time of great ignorance of God and the word of God. Paul exhorts us positively to study the scriptures to know God. In all his transcendence and immanence. Knowledge of the scriptures helps us to humble ourselves. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. When we do not know the word we remain stupid and arrogant and wicked and sinful. Those who are ignorant of scriptures consider themselves wise 
in their own estimation. So Isaiah says in Isaiah 5.21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Proverbs 3.7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. 2 Corinthians 10.12, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, text says they are not wise. The antidote to arrogance is the knowledge of the scriptures. Paul wants the Gentile Christians to know that they have not replaced Israel. God has a wonderful plan for their national conversion still to take place at a future time. This knowledge should keep the Gentiles humble and thankful. Number three, God reveals a mystery concerning the Jews. Mystery revealed, sir. A mystery is revealed to St. Paul. In early ecclesiastical Latin, Tomusterion was translated by the word, what, sir? Sacramentum. So Roman Catholics consider magic as a sacrament because in the Latin Bible, the word Tomusterion of Ephesians 5.32 is translated by the word sacrament. This, of course, is an error. So then what is a mystery? A mystery is that which is unknowable to man except by the gracious revelation of God. What is unknowable, what is hidden in God, now revealed by God to man, that man now may know this revealed truth. St. Paul uses 20 times this word mystery out of 28 times total use. Paul uses this word mystery in Ephesians 3. Paul speaks of the mystery revealed that it is God's plan for the Gentile salvation. That was a mystery revealed to him. According to 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7, Paul received a superabundance of such revelation. In 1 Corinthians 15 51, he reveals a mystery which God revealed to him. That has to do with our final glorification. The nature of our glorious, immortal, imperishable body. So he says, listen, I tell you a mystery that is what was hidden in the mind of God, but now revealed to Paul. And you can read it in 1 Corinthians 15. Let me read it to you. Beginning with verse 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. 
But we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed. That was a mystery revealed to St. Paul. So Paul in Romans 11 verse 25 tells that he received a revelation of a mystery. Of course intimated in the Old Testament but now fully revealed to Paul. This has to do with the future of Israel. Their national salvation. Friends, the entire Bible is a revelation of God. No man could have known it. Bible speaks of God's ideas, not man's. So Bible alone is truth. All other religions contain Man's ideas under the inspiration of the devil. The scripture alone reveals God's way of our salvation. Charles Hodge speaks about mystery. Any future event which could be known only by divine revelation. Boyce tells us... It is something at one time unknown and could not be known by any amount of human reasoning. But that has now been revealed to us by God. So Paul tells us that God revealed to him that in the future, not just a remnant, but Israel as a nation will be converted and be grafted back into the cultivated olive tree. This is Absolute certainty. You speak about Arab springtime. That's not what this is all about. This is the people of God being revived in the future, and the whole nation will be converted. So he says three things in verse 25. The hardness that happened to Israel is not total but partial. That is, not the whole people are not hardened. But only a part, that is, vast majority of them suffered from total hardness. Blindness, insensitivity has happened. They were hardened. They were under God's judicial hardening. Because they hardened their own heart. So we read Romans 9.18. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy. And hardens whom he wants to harden. 2 Corinthians 3.14. But their minds were made dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. When you harden your heart to the gospel. God's judgment of judicial hardening takes place. Number two. This hardening is not a permanent condition. 
it will be removed when the full number of Gentiles have come into the kingdom of God. Number three. And so in this manner all Israel will be saved. This means the nation Israel as a whole will be saved in the future. Not just a remnant as it is now. And so all Israel will be saved. Is the central point Paul is making in this section. All Israel will be saved. What does it mean? There are those who say all elect of Jews and Gentiles will be saved. Others say all Israel means all elect Jews of all times will be saved. The aggregate of all Jewish believers of all time. But the truth is what I am going to say now. It means the nation Israel as a whole will be saved Though not every single Jew, the nation as a whole will be saved in the future. The word Israel is used by Paul consistently in contrast to the Gentiles. The mystery revealed is not that a remnant of the Jews will be saved. That's no mystery. The mystery revealed to him is that in the future... The whole nation, Israel, will be saved. And so he cites proofs from the Old Testament as his custom is to clinch his argument. And so from Paul's vantage point, the deliverer will come to or from Zion in the future. This deliverer The one who rescues his people from the thraldom of sin, guilt, and condemnation is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And we are told he will turn godlessness away from Jacob, that's Israel. The problem of the Jews is the problem of the Gentiles also. It is godlessness and wickedness. Romans 1.18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Romans 3.18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. All their good works, just filthy rags of godlessness. The deliverer, the Lord Jesus, will come to their aid. He will banish godlessness and remove their sins. His name is Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Paul has these scriptures in mind. Isaiah 59, 20 and 21. Isaiah 27, verse 9. Jeremiah 31, 33 and 34. Psalm 14 and verse 7. This salvation is seen not as a political deliverance, but a moral and religious deliverance. He does this, we are told in the text, in fulfillment of his covenant with the patriarchs. 
a covenant of grace. It is on the basis of this covenant. Covenant fulfillment. The Gentiles are being saved. And the Jewish remnant are now being saved. As Paul showed us in Galatians 3 and Romans 4. But in the future there is another phase of the fulfillment of this covenant. In terms of the salvation of the national Israel. After the full number of the Gentiles have been saved. Friends, God controls history. He does what he has planned. On what basis are the Jews going to be saved as a nation in the future? It's a good question. Some people think they are going to be saved not on the basis of grace. As revealed in Romans 3, 21 through 26, they think God has a different track for them. They will be saved on the basis of their good works, on the basis of their keeping of the law of Moses. This idea is nothing but a lot of nonsense. It is nothing but an attempt to propitiate certain anti-Semitic attitude of certain people, especially during World War II. There is only one way of salvation based on the cross work of Jesus Christ. One way for all peoples of the world to be saved. Why is it? Because God is faithful. Let God be true and all men liars. Paul says, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13, If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. In God's faithfulness to his covenant with the fathers, the Lord Jesus Christ will save national Israel by removing their godlessness and guilt and sin. So we read in Jeremiah 31 verse 34, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Friends, what happened to us will happen to them. The basis of forgiveness is the work of Christ. Christ died for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus by faith. Salvation. Of every sinner is nothing but a miracle. How can dead, disobedient, godless and entombed sinner save himself without God's miracle working resurrection power? This great salvation of the national Israel is also taught in Zechariah chapter 2. 12 and 13 and 14. Zechariah 12, 10. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for the an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. 
Zechariah 13. On that day a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. On that day I will banish the names of the idols from the land and they will be remembered no more, sir. Today the vast majority of the Jews are outside God's kingdom. In the future Paul says when God pours out his Holy Spirit. They shall like the Gentiles. They shall be inside the kingdom of God. And he already spoke of this St. Paul. In chapter 11 verse 12 verse 15 verse 23 and 24. Now it is absolutely certain. When is this going to happen? That's a good question. Some say at the second coming. Others say during the millennium. I do not know. I know it will happen in the future. It can happen before the second coming. God can pour out the spirit of grace and supplication any time. That the Jews may look unto him whom they pierced. They may look unto him in faith and be saved. Listen to the words of Jesus. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. That's a problem. Willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say what? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And there is coming a time when the Jews as a nation will say what? Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray. Help us. Know that you are Lord of history. Help us to expand our mind by the knowledge of the word. Help us specifically to understand this mystery of the salvation you have planned for your people, the nation Israel. In Jesus' name, amen.